in the animal world, like, which yeah. we are animals, like, right. their job is to stay alive. That's Survival true. of the fittest yeah. is, what are you doing today? Staying alive. Welcome to Conversations with Sarah, a podcast where you get to listen in on some of my most interesting and personal conversations. I'm Sarah Samuel, and today we're talking about work. This is another conversation with Carrie Fazell, who you met in episode 10 when I interviewed her and her husband Jeff about work, art, and money. This conversation is pretty philosophical and heady, and I love it so, so much. I won't prepare you, let's just dive in. There is, like, such a drive to achieve or to have a goal or, like, to... I don't know. I've really been enjoying listening to your stuff, especially your conversation with Jess. Well, everyone. But, like, just the idea of, like, not surrendering. Like, Mm -hmm. that even was my intention this morning, which feels so uncomfortable because I do want to get somewhere. Mm -hmm. And, like, I also know, though, that, like, I'm aiming for that and my message to myself is to like sail to know that like okay I have a place I'm going I have a map I think (laughs) it's like this place that I think exists and like once I get there I create it myself Mm -hmm. you know it's all those I want to get there but I also know that it's not I'm not going to be like I've arrived now Also, that's no fun, but that's what I want. Like, I have this problem of being like, I want to arrive, but I know that will never happen. Right. I guess, yeah, I guess that makes me think of, like, a fear of the unknown, Mm -hmm. really. Because it's like, I, I think about that a lot where I'm like, what if, you know, I think, like, with, I think weight loss is, like, a good example. Like, if you're constantly, like, losing weight, or, like, if that's, like, a constant thing and you're, like, what are you going to do when you get there? Then what are you yeah, going to focus on? Right. Or, like, what comes after that? Because the whole thing has been right. getting there. And then, yeah, it's the same with, like, jobs or even, like, relationships. It's, like, oh, cause, and I know, like, a lot of people fall into this and I know I do probably, like, you have, like, the crush phase. And then if you don't want to get past the crush phase into the, like, because that part's so fun and what are you going to do after that? Or, like... The dating phase to mm-hmm. so like be in a relationship like there's like so much unknown after that if you haven't right it's gotten changed. there yeah yeah but there's not a trust of like there will be more adventures once I get there it's not like you get somewhere and that's the end yeah too like there will always be new places to go yeah. Or a new inspiration that comes where you're like, oh, I got this. Now I want this other thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's both, like, comforting and terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> because it's changed. Yeah. I saw, you know how on your, like, you can have things just pop up on your screen on your TV. I don't know. We have a Google Chromecast. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Like pictures. Yeah. All yeah. over the world. And they're amazing. <laughs> like, so I just, you usually I'm watching yeah. that. <laughs> but there was a picture of... A butterfly about to land on a flower. And I've never seen that. Like, you never see that. A butterfly midair about, about to land. Yeah. And I was thinking, I mean, I 
constantly thinking about butterflies and caterpillars. <laughs> it's like that <laughs> metaphor, obviously. But like, just thinking about, uh, like, does it, okay, a caterpillar is a caterpillar, mm-hmm. and then it crawls into a cocoon and comes out a butterfly. And, like, just, like, does it even have consciousness or awareness or, like, does it have any understanding of what it was before? Like, Mm -hmm. what if, what if it doesn't even, like, feel its wings? It doesn't, like, what if it thinks that it's still a caterpillar (laughs) and then it's just, like, moving its legs and it's flying? Yeah. That's not scientific. But, like, what if that's possible? That it probably is what is happening, right? Because, like, it probably doesn't really have self-awareness. I don't know. Maybe maybe it does. But then it wouldn't know that, like, well, before it moved this way, and then, like, would it have memory? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But the concept, trying to think about that, Mm -hmm. like, okay, if you are suddenly metamorphosized (laughs) and able to do an action that you're used to doing and it com- it completely lifts you off the ground and it's a different result. Like, how yeah. would you... Yeah, well, I think, like, a lot of people... I feel like I've had this experience, too, maybe, where it's like you have a new sort of understanding or, like, a new... Like, I don't want to call it a level of consciousness so I don't really like the hi- image of a hierarchy, but a, no- ex- a new expanded sort of awareness about something where you're like, oh, this, like, this new understanding changes the way that I, like, make choices and decisions. It's kind of like that, right? Like, now I have this new thing. It's not a physical, a new physical thing. It's a new consciousness thing. And now you, like, do things, and things probably do work better, Right. It's a different story. Like, your old story doesn't apply. It's really hard to let go of that old story. Yeah. Because that story served you for a while. Like, you had to know that that was your reality. Right. But then at some point, it like, you sort of don't, I feel like you don't, like, or I feel like I'm doing this right now with this idea of, like, I was like, oh, I've been living my whole life and, like, kind of structuring all my choices and my whole, like, thought about myself around this idea that having a job is a moral necessity. Yeah, that's interesting. And before I I would have never even thought to frame that because it just seemed like reality. Where if I was asked, like, is it okay for someone to have a job? I would be like, of course not. Like, mm-hmm. for someone, so, is it okay for someone not to have a job? And I would say, of course not. And I would think if I asked anyone, they would also say, of course not. Everyone needs to have a job. That's part of being right. alive and, like, Why? in society and stuff. And I, there are, like, practical, like, it's a practical necessity oftentimes, right? Because the way the economy is set up and mm-hmm. for money you need it. There's also, like, in some ways I would say that it's practical to, like, want to make a contribution and, like, use your gifts and talents and things. But just to, like, Mm -hmm. simply have a job, it's not really, like, the idea of it being sort of, like, a moral necessity. Like, it kind of made me be like, oh, okay, so that means it's, like, not real. That's not a real truth. It's just, like, a belief or, like, an inherited, like, And what is a job? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It is so interesting, the judgment about it. Because it's literally like, I'm like, I could be creating 
all the value in the world, but if someone's not paying me <laughs> to do it, then it feels like it's not worth anything because I have this thing set up where I'm like, you need to like, someone else needs to like pay you to do something and that means that it's valuable or something. Right, like that's a form of validation. Right, for what but it you're feels doing. like the biggest, most important form. Yeah. Or, like, I guess the other, if I was, like, famous and, like, tons of people were, like, this is amazing, then, like, maybe that would be a substitute. But, like, otherwise, it feels like, wait, why were we talking about this? <laughs> but, I <laughs> mean, if you were famous and not, yeah. like, doing anything, like, everyone hates Paris Hilton, right? right? <laughs> like, yeah, if you were famous but not providing any value <laughs> or, like, yeah. doing anything. But then it's, like... Who cares? Like, if she has a ton of money and isn't doing anything, why does that matter? And also, like... Right, who cares what people think? In some ways, it's like, isn't it worse to, like, produce for the sake of producing than not to produce at all? Because then we're, like, using resources and we're, like... Like, in some ways, Mm -hmm. I'm, like, it has a negative effect in some way. If it's not serving the purpose of, like, creativity or service to other people or, like... Um, I don't know, like, creating <laughs> good. I don't know. Yeah. I see what you're saying. But then I guess, like, how do you judge what is worth the resources, too? I don't know. There's... Right. It, it brings me, like, so uh, many <laughs> questions. Yeah. Oh, but I was going to say, the moral necessity thing of, like, having a job, I feel like once I see that, it's really... It's been hard for me to let go, but before I could see it as a concept... Mm-hmm. I couldn't get out of it because every single thing I did that I tried, like, every single thing that I tried to feel better about myself and to, like, find my passion and to find my career and, like, this thing was all still in service of that belief. So anytime I went Mm -hmm. to, like, a therapist or a life coach or a healer or, like, all these different things that I tried, it was always, like, how can I build a business or how can I find the thing that I'm supposed to do for my job like that was that's always been like anything that I would have tried would have been the that would have been the end goal even if they were like Mm -hmm. just love yourself for who you are then I'd be like okay then I'll be able to get a job like I couldn't separate that out so now that I can see it it's hard to let go but slowly I feel like it's like dissolving where I'm like oh and then I'll like probably start making different choices and then I'll probably forget that I ever, like, even had that belief. Maybe, yeah. Once it's, like, not, I'm not attached to it at all anymore. I'll be like, oh, that's so weird that I used to, like, think that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've had transformations like that. Yeah. Like, I've seen myself in, yeah. <laughs> it's so <laughs> weird that I used to think that. Like, yeah. conversation in my head. Yeah. Is- weird it is so weird I mean you really can change and it doesn't have to be that scary because it doesn't happen all at once but then it sort of does in some ways too yeah I think our world is not really built for living in the present moment like what you were talking about it just isn't like that's but then like so it gets to me is like well I'm worried about what people think about me Mm -hmm. like that is a huge barrier for me living the way I want to or even asking myself what do I want Mm-hmm. And it's it's not anyone else. Like, no one's imposing that on me directly. Yeah. It, I know that I have the ability to make choices for what I want. Mm-hmm. And I am not 
in the habit of asking myself that as often as I want to be because yeah. I'm worried about other people. Yeah. Yeah, worrying about what people think, I think, is, like, the number one. Sometimes I just sit and I try to, like, think, like, okay, if I literally didn't care and I could just do whatever I wanted, like, how would that, like, I would be so free. Yeah. I could just be like, this is my life and I get to do whatever I want. But for yes. some reason I'm like, but other people's opinions matter more than mine. But, like, why? Yes. It's because there's so much history. I don't know. It's, like, the history and, like, the masses of the... I don't know. <laughs> but it's interesting to meet people who have different, like, shame points where they'll be like, oh, this, like, oh, I really feel like I can't do this because I'm worried about people think. And then you go, mm-hmm. oh, I don't have that at all. I, like, feel totally free in that area. Yeah. And that's, like, an interesting thing to realize, like, oh, it's all made up. And, like, who knows why each person has, like, the specific hang-up that they have. Mm-hmm. This is different for everyone. I mean, a lot of people probably have similar ones, and people share them, but each soup of hang-ups <laughs> is <Yep>. different. <laughs> My hang-up is Swiss chard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it is all connected to fear. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a simple trait sort of thing, but like also, <laughs> but true. it's like very deep, also. Mm-hmm. Um, can I read you this thing about the chaos? Yeah, you guys talked a lot about this chaos. Is from your, I don't even remember at all. <laughs> That's so funny. You're like, why does that make you think of me? <laughs> <laughs> no memory, which is good. I think. That means yeah, that is it good. Was a good conversation. It's kind of long, but I wrote this like. I don't know if I told you this, but I, when I was a senior in college, I drunkenly tried to kill myself. Whoa. And I ended up not through like sort of a series of events, like in the hospital, in the, it's like a psychiatric ward for like a week. It was like a really crazy <laughs> experience because I just yeah, had I this sort of like, oh, I have been, like, doing psychedelics and kind of, like, exploring this anyway, but I feel like when I was there, I really saw, because I was, like, completely had no control over anything, Mm. and um, I sort of, like, refused to take, like, meds, and they kept trying to, like, get me to take them, like, every day. I feel like I would have gotten out. I was there for a week, and I feel like I would have only been there for, like, a weekend if I had taken them. I feel like they had, like, a liability thing Mm. where they're, like... We can't be sure, you know? So I wrote this while I was in there. And it, like, I feel like I just had this, like, complete opening where I was, like, seeing everything, like, clear more clearly. So maybe, mm. I don't know if this will make sense. But, okay, this is, <laughs> I titled it Kill the Mind, Save the Body. Mm. <laughs> feels wow. dramatic. <laughs> no, but that is, like, a that's the moment you were in. And it, like, yeah. being in the hospital, mm-hmm. like, that... Whereas, like, all they care about is that I, like, am alive. They, like, don't care about my inner experience at all. It was, like, really interesting to be, like, And how fucked up for that to be that's the psychiatric care? Yeah. It really, like, showed me a lot. And I think that's, like, partly why I moved, like, made the decision to move to L.A. after that. Because I was, like, there has to be, like, another way to deal with, like, mental 
wellness. Yeah. So I went oh. to like University of Santa Monica and studied spiritual psychology. And that was sort of the start of that, but then I like totally lost <laughs> my idea of what I wanted to do. And but it's in you. It's in there. Like thing. it's in there. <laughs> yeah. Even if you don't know. It's yeah. And it's weird because I actually I don't think about my time in the hospital that much, and I like never really did. I sort of like had hmm. this like learning from it and then kind of like got up like literally that's pretty amazing at the university of santa monica i was there for three years and i it's like basically like being in therapy you like talk about all these problems i literally didn't even mention it because it didn't even occur to me to mention it until my third year that's like how much it was like not in right. my mind wow <laughs> which the thing that happened and then it passed and you were done yeah it's wow. so weird and then i did have like some residual things come up like later on but mostly it felt like just like a big learning experience so this is what I wrote that made me think of you the universe uh the universe what we call the universe (laughs) or everything or nothing is just that it is pure chaos when our existence is realized we become organization our borders form vaguely at first we are still one with our mothers separate but attached until we are birthed (laughs) into what we call reality. It's actually so funny because one of my last papers I wrote was like kind of with this whole thing (laughs) about like chaos and borders. And I feel like my teacher read it and was just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm super into it. Um, Okay. Um, We, okay. As we get older, our borders, both physical and mental, get stronger. Our muscles tone, our bodies strengthen. We learn to categorize and find patterns to form beliefs and assumptions. Our entire existences, our whole energies, turn that chaos into order. Language, movement, um, choices. We build buildings, we build families, we build group things together to find concreteness in whatever we can. We play music, we knit, we play games. The moment we stop moving, the moment we stop turning our thoughts into sentences, the moment we relinquish control over whatever it is that we are trying to keep together, order dissipates and entropy ensues. It is a tough thing to grapple with life. To be alive, merely to exist, forces order and organization onto a disorderly world. We must constantly struggle to put energy into focus. If we stop focusing, things become blurry, vague, unmanageable. It is impossible always to focus. It takes too much out of us. So we go to school, we go to work, we create families, anything to keep chaos from taking over our lives, anything to keep our minds away from our existences. To focus on your own existence is to suspend yourself in midair, to, in the center of everything and nothing. To focus on something external grounds us. It creates a net or a network, a balance. And I wrote like, I have like diagrams. Oh, yes. I have diagrams and secret diaries. <laughs> And then I wrote, like, yoga. There's, like, a dot, and it just says yoga. And then a circle, suspended, weak, strong. I, like, don't really know what these mean. And then <laughs> arrows pointing out in every direction, strong, supported. That's also yoga, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it, like, like what I see from that is, yeah. like, the, um, I don't know what it's called, but, I don't know. There's, like, a visual of a donut, like, going in on itself. Oh, and, yeah. Like, that seems like another representation of that. Yeah, it's so funny. In the yeah, in the paper that I wrote, like I, I included like a yin yang. I was like, this is like a. Yin-. It's so funny because reading it back, I'm like, what was I like thinking about at the time? It like made perfect sense to me. I was like, I understand mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Okay, then I wrote, each person and each culture must come up with forms of control. The institution of hospitalization is a form of control. It is a way for those who need to focus. 
uh, who need a focus to focus on the problems of others. As long as someone else is having a harder time than me, I don't get depressed. Ooh, that is so, <laughs> I resonate with that yeah. so much. And like my work with the nonprofit oh, really? world. And that is everyone. I was part of that. <laughs> really? Yeah. You just felt like they were kind of using it as like a way to distract themselves. I was. I mean, if I can save <laughs> yeah. everybody else, I yeah, want to save myself. Totally. And that's cool. why people, I mean, pe- and people recommend that. Like, I feel like they're like, oh, do you feel depressed? You should like get, do service. Yeah. So it's like used as a tool also. I Which, don't know. right, can be helpful. But then to yeah. a point, it's like, well, are you avoiding? Being- right. It's like you have to be yeah. aware of like what you're doing, I guess. Um, as um, It's easier to be strong for someone else. It's also a place to validate what you've been told, to believe that dichotomies exist, that concepts such as truth, right, wrong, good, bad, exist outside of human thought. We live in a culture of records of facts of predictability and empirical data. We are uncomfortable with chaos. We are uncomfortable with not being in control, with allowing things to float around us, unsure of what they'll do next. A friend of mine was outside of her front, on her front lawn with her dog. The dog was standing in the grass looking at the street and had been for about 10 minutes. Eventually, my friend asked me to hold the collar of the dog while she goes inside to get the leash. I don't want her running into the street, she says. But the dog did not seem to have any intention of moving from the lawn. It was a control without anything to control, just for the sake of holding on to something, of creating more order, more organization. In a similar way, psychiatric medicine is a form of control a way for psychiatrists to reassure themselves that nothing will happen to their patient. It creates a safety net. The net might not always work, but at least it's something to trust. Human behavior is unpredictable. Moods change, circumstances change, nothing is static. If a psychiatrist has a patient who acts in a way they can't understand, medication is a good option for reassurance. If a patient refuses medication, there is a little a psychiatrist can do. The task would be too great to guarantee a patient's future behavior. The problem is that no one needs to be fixed. I keep hearing the words better. When you're better, you can go home. I hope you feel better. We want to make you better. My question is better than what? Seems sometimes we feel happier. Sometimes we feel sad. Sometimes we feel angry. Sometimes we feel calm. Sometimes we are at peace with the chaos. Sometimes we are at war. And sometimes we are successfully keeping order. Sometimes we are sad that we are individuals, that we are not our parents, that no one is taking care of us. I don't think... There is anything wrong with me. I don't think I'll ever be better. Death is a perfect example of order turning to entropy. We leave our borders and our borders break down. Without the energy, we become part of everything once more. I think it is natural to crave that. I do not value life above death. If that's a problem, it's a problem with you, not with me. I have come to full acceptance, full freedom. You are stuck in the cage of safety you have built with the help of society around yourself. We put too much emphasis on expertise on expertise in this culture. We bound down too much to authority. These things are socially constructed. There is no truth. You will look for forever, and if you find it, you will have put a cap on eternity. You will be missing something. Everything leads to the same conclusions if you think about it enough. And the conclusions will be in contradiction. It is normal to lose your mind. It means you're alive. It means you have a mind and that it's working. The good thing is we are in it together. We are pieces of a whole. Only the pieces don't have borders and weather, and neither does the whole. But just like everyone else, I like my borders, and I'd like to keep them for as long as they'll hold. Wow. <laughs> that is amazing. 
I want to hear it again Thanks. and read it again. Like, it's really, you like, you, it you figured want. it out. You're a mystic. <laughs> like, okay, one, I don't know exactly how you said yeah. it, but the, the problem is that nothing needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. Like, that is the crux of it. And the, like, yeah. that's the crux of Christianity. Like, mm-hmm. we're fallen from right. God and we're right. separated from God and we need help mm-hmm. to get back. And the original sin is thinking that you have the knowledge of God, thinking that mm-hmm. you know what's good and bad, which actually is the original yeah, sin. Right? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, the judgment, putting the judgment yes. on it. Yes. But the idea of like you being on, you being separated from God mm-hmm. is the piece that's like, right. no. Right. And maybe that's like the original sin too, which is like misinterpreted. I don't really know. Yeah. I mean, we all are God. Yeah. I feel like it's interesting because I feel like lately the spiritual sort of movements are pointing more to the idea that we are the same. Like, we are one. We are God. Like, everything is one energy that is kind of, like, expressing through us and whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's more about, like, remembering that rather than being like, we're separate and we have to get back to it, which I feel like is sort of the older more traditional, more common way. But it is, like, both. Like, you're expressing in your writing (laughs) that, like, the borders, like, you Mm -hmm. and order and chaos, and, like, Mm -hmm. how do you exist in this world, in this physical body, Mm -hmm. when you know that your mind is not all here? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, losing your mind is normal. Like, your mind being attached to your body entirely is problematic right but that is the experience you were having where people are trying to fix you you so you can be whole again and into your body but you're Mm -hmm. not ever going to be because you know the truth of your mind is out of your body all the time no matter (laughs) what yeah (sighs) yeah that was like a really when I like kind of read that and think about like that time I'm just like of course I wasn't thinking about like what job should I get (laughs) Like, that would make, right. like, no sense. Unless I was, like, want, wanting to do something where I could, like, help people to not feel... Because it was interesting to be in the hospital, too, to yeah. see the range of people in there. Like, I remember, like, one guy specifically was, like, definitely had some form of, like, psychosis. I think he was, like, severely bipolar, too. And he would just, like, say things where you're just like you're just living in another reality (laughs) everyone but then there was like the depressed people who like most of them were on like antidepressants and stuff but everyone just seemed like sad and there's just like this whole kind of overarching energy that was kind of like something is wrong with you just like everyone Mm -hmm. felt like something was wrong with them they felt like embarrassed they didn't want anyone to know but you mean I didn't really tell I'm okay or like yeah, I mean, interestingly, like, maybe I kind of went into, like, the thing that the psychiatrists do of being, like, in me feeling okay and feeling bad for everyone else that was in there who couldn't see that they were okay it gave me, mm. like, a leg up power thing. Not, like, power over anything, but just made me feel better in some way. Like, I don't really know. Because I feel like I didn't really process my own, like, experience in there. I just thought of it the whole time kind of very philosophically in some way. Yeah. Which maybe is, like, a form of avoiding something. (laughs) 
Do you feel like you were having a similar experience before you were in the hospital and after or during? Like, was your mind mm. in a different place before you tried? Well, yeah. Well, actually, this is, like, super interesting. So what happened the night – so I had, like, come home from, like, a writing class, a humor writing class, actually. And um, I was, like, at a bar that I – my friend worked at, um, that we would like go to a lot. And I was just there and like some friends were there and we were all hanging out. And then one of my friends was going to leave. And I was like, I was like, no, I was like pretty drunk. And it was probably like two in the morning. And I was like, no, don't leave. And he was like, some of us have to get up in the morning. Mm. And that like totally just flipped a switch for me Mm. where I was like, Because, like, the messaging that I got from that, and I'm sure it's, like, not even (laughs) the messaging that he was trying to give, maybe a little bit, but, like, was, like, I have a job that I have to go to, and therefore, like, my time is important, Mm. and you're here just having a good time, which Mm. serves no value to anything. Like, it felt like me just being me was, like, not enough. Hmm. I think that's like the messaging that I got and then the alternate of that would be like to have a job and like have responsibility right which makes sense like that moment of that seems like everything of like that feeling of not what do you do like yeah answering that question over and over Mm -hmm. again and like at that time Hmm. I don't think anyone you know I was like in college so that was sort of a lot of my friends did have jobs but and I had tried to get you know jobs at restaurants and stuff but it was, like, in the city, and, like, no, they just don't. <laughs> Unless you have experience, like, it's really hard to get a job yeah. in the restaurant industry there. And I didn't really know what else I would do. But um, it wasn't, like, fully expected like that I would have a job, but I think I already kind of, like, was in this thing of feeling bad that my friends had to work or were struggling with money, and mm-hmm. I didn't. And then it, like, culminated in some way there. And then I feel like that mm-hmm. just set the theme for, like, maybe the next years in some way because I'm like oh yeah it's funny that that happened that not being like you don't have a job like is what set me off to like Mm -hmm. be like I'm gonna end my life because clearly no one like values who I am like just being me I have to do something to like earn it or something yeah I don't really know wow (laughs) and I was like totally fine like it was kind of yeah I was fine. But I, like, woke up the next morning being kind of, like, that's kind of scary that I, like, took that Mm. action that I thought would, like, harm me. Or that I thought just the intention of the action, I think. Yeah. Even though I was fine. And then I was kind of like, eh, I should probably, like, go to the hospital just to see. And then I was, like, very honest with everyone being like, yeah, this is what happened. And they were like, okay. You can so you either, took yourself in without, did you tell well, anybody? So I had, yeah, so I actually had a therapy appointment that morning. So I told my therapist, and then she, like, flipped. And, like, we didn't even finish our, fair, our therapy session. And she was like, ah, yeah, you have to go to the hospital or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, so I went. And then it was kind of just, like, this rush. And the next day, like, I was so happy, like, fine that day. I was in the hospital I was in the emergency room. I was, like, it was very crowded in there, and I was, like, in a super good mood. I was just, like, yeah, I'm just here, and I felt I was just in a good mood. <laughs> no. And then they were, like, you have to stay. They were, like, do you want to, si- like, check yourself into the hospital? And I was, like, no, thank you. And they were, like, okay, well, if you don't voluntarily check yourself in, 
we're going to involuntarily check you in and only certain hospitals will take involuntary check-ins and they're not as nice of hospitals. So you should just voluntarily do what? it. What? This is like, I, so, I mean, how... I felt like I was kidnapped. Right. Yes. <laughs> like, how is it not up to you? I know. It was really crazy. Like, and I was you just like, were, like, basically arrested. <laughs> yeah. That's like literally how it feels. Isn't that crazy? But I was just like, okay. Wow. And it was a third. So that was like a Friday. And then they were like, the psychiatrists are all gone for the weekend. So like, they'll check on you on Monday. So I like had to be there over the weekend. And then I kind of figured like, they'll just let me go on Monday. Cause I'll see like, obviously I'm like fine and happy. Mm-hmm. But then they kept me till the next like Thursday or something. And my friends had to like come pick me up. And they were like, don't drink anymore. It's, like, bad for you. And I was like, I, like, hardly ever drink. I drink less than any of my friends. <laughs> it's fine. And they were just like, promise us you won't. And I was like, I'm not going to promise you anything. <laughs> Stop trying to make me promise you things. <laughs> like, that I'll never feel bad again. Right. And I was like, I don't know. I can't promise that I'm, like, never going to be depressed again. Like, most likely I will be depressed again. Hmm. <laughs> and most likely I'll have suicidal thoughts again. Like, that's, I've been having them since I was, like, 14, you know. Mm-hmm. Wow. But it is kind of good because, yeah, just on that note, like, I feel like it's good because now I know not to do that again. <laughs> you That's know, good. It's, like, right. kind of, I'm, like, okay, it's, like, not really worth it. I feel, like, I feel pretty lucky that I tried in a way that was, like, not going to hurt me. <laughs> yeah. And that, but that I still got the feeling uh, like, I feel like, yeah, I just feel like now I'm like, okay, I know not to do that. Because I feel like there's there's always, like, that question of, like, should I do it? Maybe I could do it, you know? Like, just yeah. a curiosity almost. Of right, just being, being like, on what the edge of did. something. Yeah. So now I'm kind of like, okay. Right. It reminds me of, <laughs> no, this is a silly story and doesn't compare, but maybe tell, it's tell, also tell exactly me. the same tell, thing. <laughs> tell me. Okay, so when I was a kid, I never did anything bad. I pulled my cat's tail once, I lied about brushing my teeth, and the third thing I ever did wrong was... I can't believe you have a list. That's so funny. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that I was, like, in trouble yeah, for, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, that I was aware that I was doing something wrong. So we had this... My dad had, we had just, like, a porch that was screened in in New yeah. Hampshire, so it was, like, a... Yeah, it was... It had windows and stuff. And there were glass windows. And my dad put up, like, netting stuff, like, wire netting mm-hmm. over it. And I would play basketball in the driveway. And he said that, like, that wire was to protect the glass. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm going to see how much <laughs> it does that. I'm just curious. And so I, like, threw the basketball forcefully against it. And the glass like shattered. <laughs> But I was like, well, dad said that he put it there to, like, keep the glass safe. Like, why didn't it work? Okay, that's what happened. Like, and I got in trouble yeah, for that. Yeah. But it was just that curiosity yeah, of, like, 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 well, I mean, mm-hmm. testing the limits mm-hmm. of something. Totally. And what I you're told, yeah. like, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's exactly the same. <laughs> I do too, which yeah. sounds like I'm yeah. not allowed to say that, but I think it is. It like, is. I think it's that same feeling. It's the same, yeah. It's like not knowing what's going to be, like, on the other side of something. Mm-hmm. And being like, I could totally do something that'll 
I guess I should say here, like, I do not recommend anyone try to kill themselves. Right. But I also want to say, like, it's your life. But also just... Maybe, right. Maybe it's, like... I don't know. It's such a tricky, it's like such a taboo thing to talk about yes. too. Which is like maybe also partly why I like don't talk about it that much. Cause yeah. I just, I don't know if it's gonna like make other people feel uncomfortable or whatever. And it's not like I like need to talk about it. But yeah, I wish it wasn't so taboo because I feel like that's what creates the feeling in people that there's like something wrong with them. Right. And then you feel right. so, like, alone because you can't share it with anyone because everyone's going to, like, freak out about right. it. Right. There's the panic. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. like, I wish I had just gone in there and told my therapist and we just talked about it. Right. But that's if not she what wasn't happened. allowed to, she had to tell. I'm and sure. Be, and, yeah. Yeah. And she was, in, like, a, an NYU therapist, so I think NYU is sort of yeah. famous for <laughs> having, like, right. attempted suicides well, and, and things. Mm, yeah. And I'm sure they're, like, hyper- conscious of it I mean yeah and you know I guess like better safe than sorry but I still wish like it had been more of a conversation and she had been like look you told me this thing and you know like prepared me a little bit more just talked to me about it a little bit more like what to expect yeah instead of just being like oh you have to go I mean I don't remember exactly what happened it was so long ago but yeah I just wish there was more like openness about it and less it's seen as such, like, a crazy, like, people always are like, oh, yeah, I get depressed, but I would never think about killing myself. I'm like, right. Really? <laughs> you know that there's, yeah. yeah, you know that you're not allowed to admit yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, like, interesting because it's, like, if I was thinking about it recently because I was, like, if you were saying, like, oh, I think about killing that other person, like, I don't feel the same. It feels, that feels much more violent and, like, much more, like, don't say that mm-hmm. <laughs> to me. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I would, like, ever... If someone said that to me, I'd probably freak out. I don't know. Yeah? It's, it doesn't feel as normal. But maybe it is as normal. I don't know. People just don't do it. Obviously, some people do it. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of crazy. I mean, I guess, like, we're not allowed to think about death in healthy <laughs> ways. Like, yeah, that's, that's true. You know? Like, and yeah, that, that is, like, attachment. Like, yeah. but then, like, reality is relationships and attachment in some way. Mm-hmm. Like, this world is, at least. Yeah. And so if someone chooses to leave that, that's really jarring for yeah. people who are still here. Like, you that just kind of like disappear. Like your own choice in some way. Right. Right. But I guess now having, like, so much time pass, I just always think, like, wow, if I had died then, I wouldn't have experienced so much. Like, I would have been a virgin. (laughs) For example. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I had no idea. Like, there's so many things I've experienced since then that I'm, like, grateful to have experienced. Like, it's not like I'm, like, oh, my life is so fantastic now and I just have such a better life. Like, I probably Mm. overall in many ways feel like I had a better life then. (laughs) But I've experienced a lot of things. I'm glad that I've experienced them. And Mm -hmm. And I always think of that. Like, now if I have any, like, suicidal thoughts too, I'm, like, but think about if I had done it then or if I had done it this other time. It's, like, what would I have missed out on that I wouldn't have wanted to miss out on? yeah. Yeah. So now I'm like, never die. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, you value the experiences yeah. the most. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
it's yeah I've never heard like anyone talk about this subject <laughs> this way but maybe I like it makes me wonder if other people do feel that way though yeah. like just not as attached you know because mm-hmm. there's a lot of worry about like what other people will think how it will affect yeah. them but like do you have a right to your own life like it's the ultimate yeah. do you have a right to decide what you do with your life yeah. It seems like you should, right? I don't know. It seems like a fair question. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of goes back to, like, just having control over our lives overall. Like, all the choices that we make, you know, as long as they're not, like, hurting anyone else. Yeah. It feels like that's, like, the main... Is there another thing to live by? <laughs> just not hurt it, like... Do whatever you want as long as you're not, like, hurting other people. And inherently, we're going to, like, hurt other... Someone was saying, like, that their spiritual teacher said, like, it's impossible not to, like, hurt anyone or anything, but just mm-hmm. try to live a life that's the least harmful that you can, kind of. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, in the sense of, like, when you're driving, you, you may hit bugs on your windshield. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's like, okay... But I didn't do it on purpose. I wasn't, like, right. maliciously trying to do that. Right. And I kill bugs in my apartment maliciously. <laughs> you can get a vacuum for them, so you can just take them outside. If oh, you really? Yeah. Oh, I should do that. Yeah. And That's then they great. can go die outside the best part of the food chain. <laughs> I've had so many spiders in my apartment lately, and I've been taking them out, and I just have been doing a terrible job, and I'm just, like rip like two of their legs off like accidentally as I'm like getting them and I'm just like I feel so bad like I should just kill you if I'm gonna like rip your legs off <laughs> like I'm gonna put you outside and you're not gonna be able to like live a normal life because you don't have half of your legs or whatever yeah but they can't live like a normal life without <laughs> who's to say what normalize I just feel like in the bug world it's like they're just gonna die it is survival of the fittest that is unfair yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> Because some of them are so mm. small, like they barely, they're barely there. These spiders. <laughs> Have you ever seen spiders hatch? No. They I fight want to, to the death what? and eat each other. What? That is what a spider's life is like when they wake up <laughs> in this world. It is Wait, so, so engaging to watch. I don't know. How did you watch this? I saw it happen at a Mexican restaurant. One time. <laughs> <laughs> it was incredible. Oh my god. Okay, wait, how many survive? I don't know. But it's like a lot hatch at once. Yes. And then, like, they just fight each other, and then the strong ones, like, shake hands. And they're like, I don't know, yeah. It's good to be a winner with you. (laughs) I don't know, yeah. I I mean, I guess because it's it's like the Hunger Games immediately. (laughs) I guess maybe they run away, like, they, so it selects for, like, Spiders that can attack and kill and run away must, yeah, right? I think so. Whoa. That's intense. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But when you disable them, <laughs> you're like the winner. Oh, no. It's, but they've been through a lot to get That's there. That's true. Okay, cutting in real quick to say something about spiders. So after we recorded, Carrie sent me this text. She said... I was wrong about baby spiders. 
I wanted to fact check that before it went into the world further because while I was sure of it after I said it, I questioned where I received the info. I think someone told me while I was watching the baby spiders hatch in the Mexican restaurant and then that's what I saw or interpreted as seeing, which is fascinating, what is truth, but it seems to be a myth. I don't want to spread bad science around. And then she sent me a Wikipedia page called Spider Cannibalism. So now you know, the babies don't fight to the death. There have been so many in my apartment. I'm just like, they're just taking over. They don't even care at all. Yeah. I I literally have, what'd you say? They don't care. I have a thought that there's like a spider in my bathroom and I was like, maybe I'll just leave it there. And I was like, but it's my apartment. Like I'm paying for it. (laughs) I have this thought too. Yes. And then I was like, yes. And then I was like, I wonder if that spider would, like, be able to create enough value to make enough money to pay rent. <laughs> I have this whole thing in my head. And then I was like, that spider doesn't need to create value because it's so small that I can live, like, almost anywhere. And also, like, it lives in a different <laughs> system or whatever. I don't know. Like, it can, because it feeds off of it, it's, its environment. It's a, it can live anywhere. And then I was like, mm-hmm. I'm so dependent on, like, society, mm. you know? Like, I can't just right. build a web and catch food and be like, what a happy life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could, I guess. This is kind of also, like, what we talked about a little bit. It has everything it needs yeah. in its body. Yeah. And then it just, yeah, it just catches bugs and eats them. Yeah. And it's not like, what's my higher purpose? <laughs> or, like... I mean, Supposedly, as far as we yeah, know. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, it is. Oh, this is probably my neighbor's kid. Who? This is my neighbor. Sorry. <sighs> um, oh, so one thought I had was like, I mean, if your job is just to exist, <laughs> like, <laughs> then if you kill yourself, you're not doing your job. <laughs> That's a good thing to think about. (laughs) So if you want a job, you should stay alive. (laughs) And that is your job. Stay alive. I mean, but that in the animal world, like, which we are animals, like, their job is to stay alive. Survival of the fittest is, what are you doing today? Staying alive. Like, that's true. Yes, I like that. And then that is you're doing your job as part of creation Mm -hmm. and if not you're destroying Mm -hmm. and then it's like well do you want destruction or creation Mm -hmm. but I guess either one is like pretty fine but there's more like opportunity in in creation destruction I feel like just takes everything kind of back to zero in some way yeah. Like, which is, sometimes you need that, because we have, live in, like, a place of time and space, and it's, like, finite. Mm-hmm. So, like, just physically, we, like, need to, like, like, not all the people that ever lived could, like, be alive on the right. planet. Like, we need the space cleared up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But we're using a lot of the space to, like, keep their dead bodies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which also is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Just a lot of things that we do is 
humans is like a little crazy our attachment to things yes it's very crazy <laughs> i'm reading this book sapiens oh well, i really want to read that no, it's gonna so take much. me a long time okay i'm a very slow reader okay is it difficult to read or easy i find it difficult but okay. like every sentence is just like you have to think about it oh, okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah i don't know i don't know if it's like it's just important. Right. <laughs> right. So it's hard. Right, right, right. <laughs> but I don't know. It's, I mean, it just, it puts in perspective of like how humans are animals and part of the creation and like mm-hmm. we're the cognitive revolution. I'm just going to say things. Okay. <laughs> we can use that and part the cognitive later. revolution. <laughs> But, like, that, okay, so one of the really interesting things is that, like, animals, like, in the animal kingdom, like, yeah. the top of the food chain, sharks, like, they got there through survival of the fittest. Mm-hmm. Like, lions really got there. They really earned their spot there. Mm-hmm. And homo sapiens, humans, really didn't in mm-hmm. the same way. Like, the cognitive revolution, something happened, and there was a big leap. And so we're insecure about our position. Oh. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, it manifests in, like, needing to dominate and control mm-hmm. and be in charge and yeah. say we're in charge. Yeah. And, like, that is ego. Yeah. That is the original sin. Yeah. That's so crazy. I, it actually kind of goes along with something that I've been thinking about recently, which is, like, the hierarchy of jobs. Like, especially when I think of, like, service jobs or construction jobs or whatever something where anyone's doing like kind of like a manual labor or they're doing these kind of like trade I don't know something you have to go to a trade school for or like these things where I'm just like but those and then for some reason those have like a lower status supposedly than jobs where you just like are good at thinking about things or like managing like somehow these jobs like got a higher status but it actually like makes no sense yeah because like those people can't do anything without the people who are willing to like really work and like put in physical effort like like farmers and people who run shops (laughs) things like that it's like what would I do without them like I would die I would like literally die yeah it makes no sense that there would be the hierarchy (laughs) yeah which I don't think is the same in every culture like hmm. it's not at least not to the same degree but also here there's like a huge wealth gap there's yeah. a huge income in mm-hmm. disparity and like it's but it's like all the people that have money that can just pay for stuff those people are entirely dependent on the people who are doing the work like a farmer could survive way longer than anyone else because they're growing food or someone who knows how to build shelter could survive way longer because they know how to do that. Right. Yeah. So it's there's like not oh, survival of the fittest no. in like right. It's it yeah. Makes it's no the sense. Information age. Right. And it's like wait, how did that? That like is so backwards to me. The more, especially just the more that I think about it, especially because like me as someone who like isn't like working that much, or I'm just like creating art or like <laughs> content or like thinking, which not doesn't have like no value. It has like a in some ways, maybe, like, a spiritual value more than anything mm-hmm. else. But, like, 
I'm like complete. I don't know. Like I just pay for things and then other people do them for me or give them. To- I'm completely dependent. Like yeah. my status is like much lower. Like as I see it, I'm like, I'm a lower status. <laughs> if we're going to put a hierarchy on it mm-hmm. because you could kill me. <laughs> Like, yeah, what would I do? just take away my thing. And yeah, I like there. I would not be able to like survive. I, I like I really relate to that of of the the insecurity of kind of like not earning, or just as humans, I guess not earning our place mm-hmm. in at the sort of top of the food chain because it's like yeah, I'm just like mm-hmm. if I went into the jungle, like it would eat me alive, like yeah, for sure, yeah. But, like, why did that happen? And then, so then humans have the ability to... So, okay, the thing that sets humans apart, Mm and this is from Sapiens, is that we are able to not only communicate, Mm. but not only communicate information, but to tell stories, to Mm. imagine a reality that does not exist. Mm. So then, like, the thinking is, like we can imagine realities that don't exist and we can also create those realities. Mm -hmm. So there's like a different level of survival. I'm like, where are we going next? Yeah. That's really crazy. It's such a weird in-between thing. But how does that like help us? Because we... We just think of a house. We're like, oh, it would be so cool if we had a shelter with like. This I mean, thing, and I don't. Build it. I don't know what we're preparing for, Are but we, like, <laughs> the I don't know like <laughs> how that helps us. But yeah. I do know that we have a problem with this planet. Right. Yeah. And maybe that's a problem that needs to be solved if we're going to survive. If that is our job to survive. And that can only happen if we can think about. And imagine things that don't exist. And believe in them, too. we got here because we imagined things that didn't exist. Yeah, tell me about that. I mean, like, this refrigerator used to not exist. Yeah? Like, everything we have is because we were like, oh, we could have this thing that would be better. Or, like, we could heat food more efficiently. Or we could... Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be great if we could, like, if this food, like, didn't spoil... I mean, like, imagine. Right. And then we need people to build the refrigerator. Right. So it would be, like... We need to just imagine different things, I guess. But I think it's because we forgot that our purpose is to survive. And we thought, think that our purpose is to, like, be the best. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that our purpose is to, like, make our parents proud of us or whatever it is. You know? Right. Or, like, make people like us. Sometimes I just think, yeah. like, all everyone really wants is to, like, eat good food and, like, have sex. So, like, why isn't everyone just doing that all the time? Yeah. We, like, are playing all these, like, games. So, so like, true. Oh, if I, like, get this, like, cool job and then I got this, like, cool car and then I, like, wear this cool outfit, like, then I'll have sex or something. It's, like, all these weird games. <laughs> right. Like, play. it's a complicated game to get to exactly the same thing. <laughs> It kind but of that <laughs> is like that's how animals survive. Yeah. That's how we survive. Yeah. Yes. It makes me think of like those animal videos that are like the birds now are like doing the mating dance and they like do these weird things and we're like, that's so weird. But then it's like, what are yeah. we doing? It's weirder. Yes. Way weirder. It takes a lot longer too. They just like dance and then they're like, okay, let's bone. <laughs> 
<laughs> it we takes like, a while. We like a whole thing. I had doves in my porch <laughs> that I kept waiting for, like, okay, you're dancing. Yeah. Okay, this is very exciting. Come on, do it. And they would already. I don't know if it was because I was watching. Maybe they feel it seemed modest. like a really long time. <laughs> but then did they finally do it? I don't, I mean, I don't even know if I would know how to tell. Like, <laughs> I don't know what that looks like. But they eventually had kids, right? They, it's... Because didn't you have babies? Yeah, there were babies. These are the babies of oh, okay. the original parents, uh, and, or one of them is. And then they've had eggs that haven't successfully hatched. And then uh, they had, like, babies born, and I was so excited. There were baby birds, and then they were eaten the next day. Oh, no. By but what? But then it's, like, the circle of life. I think by a rat. Yeah. And I stopped feeding the doves. Because I guess wild birds should be natural. And then it was like, well, it's feeding the doves. And then that food was attracting the rats. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, really I'm rats. playing a role. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Those little rats. Smart, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are they studying us? Are the rats in charge? <laughs> I was thinking, wait, I like wrote this as a comic. That I was thinking like if mice i was like what if we make cheese for mice because i was thinking like mice can't get cheese without us like it's weird that they like yeah. it because like that would never exist without humans <laughs> and then i was like maybe our purpose is oh to make cheese God. for mice and then mice are in charge wouldn't that be the perfect thing <laughs> oh and then God. i was like then we can blame climate change on mice because <laughs> they're making us have all this like Cow production. <laughs> Factory farmed cows. It's the problem of mice. <sighs> it's such it's a weird. Cycle. Yeah. <laughs> or is it just a happy byproduct for them? Who knows? It's literally know. impossible to know. I wish I had cheese. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't... Well, so this whole thing about, too, the cognitive revolution and, like, I mean, it's obviously all written from a human perspective. I'm only on right. chapter three. I don't know, like, how where yeah. it goes. Yeah. But, so, I mean, we don't, how, who are we to say that, like, the trees aren't in a cognitive, have already surpassed the cognitive revolution and, yeah. like, you know, like, how, I had this thought a while ago, how can you say you are wiser than the forest when you know not how wise is the forest? Mm-hmm. How could you possibly declare that? Like, mm-hmm. that's. The insecurity mm-hmm. of thinking we know. Yeah. Everything that we experience is limited because it's through our own perception. Yeah. We don't know, like, what the limits of those that is. We have no idea. Right. But then it does seem like there are ways to transcend those limitations yeah. and be in an experience where you see things clearly and objectively it feels that way I mean from yeah. what the writing you were sharing like it feels that way yeah or at least I saw it from a more expanded view than I had before mm-hmm. but then who knows how much more expanded of a view and more clear and truthful it could be maybe this is like just such a tiny piece mm-hmm. where I'm like oh I thought that was true that's just a little nugget like yeah I wasn't seeing this whole other bigger part of the picture yeah like if you're building a puzzle and you're like I got the head of the raccoon or whatever but that's like not the whole puzzle it's just the head of the raccoon but you're like "Ah, I figured it out right it's a scene of raccoons (laughs) 
No, it's a tattoo on someone's arm. Yeah. A raccoon tattoo. A raccoon tattoo. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I had a thought and I forgot it. Oh well. <laughs> Very much an acceptance. Well, so the yeah, the idea of like, okay, humans are different because we can imagine things that mm-hmm. don't exist. But then it's like, well, what if we are actually imagining things that do exist, and we have those collective imaginings too? <laughs> like we're imagining things that do exist, meaning they do exist, we just, like, aren't aware of them or something? Like, not entirely. Like, yeah. Like, if you're able to have an imagination of something that, like, do we make it true by sharing religion? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, are we, okay, so humans have similar ideas of things. Yeah. In and like expressed in different ways, but like how did that happen? Like we had this collective, we're calling it an imagination, but like what if it's a collective understanding mm-hmm. of something that is not doesn't seem to be real but really is? I mean, I guess that's maybe that's the definition of spirituality. Wait. The yeah. Of something that seems to be real. Or that seem that some people kind of have an awareness of. Like a, a shared illusion, but is it a sh- an illusion if you share it? What is an illusion? Something <laughs> that you made up yourself that you can't communicate. It does to- seem like it's more real though, because right, it like changes your effectiveness. Like it changes physical effectiveness too. I feel like it's like what we were talking about earlier. Like you have another. If something clicks where you're like, oh, I have this new, like, awareness, like we were talking about, and suddenly things in a certain area become easier, maybe it starts, I don't know, is that spirituality? That's kind of what I think of spirituality as, just, like, the way that you, like, perceive and, like, relate and experience and relate to the world, like, interact with it, kind of. Yeah. And then it just, like, expands, it, it gets different <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know exactly what you mean <laughs> meaning like I think a lot of people use the term spiritual and they're like angels or like they talk about these kind of like specific things that we're like hey we don't really know what that means I guess some people can see like energy and stuff like that maybe they know yeah but like for me, I feel like it's just like a knowing of the sort of the connectedness of everything mm-hmm. and the way that things express themselves. Yeah. But. And then that means like the relationships are yeah. the things. Mm-hmm. To and, kn- yeah. Like back to like caring what people think, back to suicide, like what does it matter if you don't exist? Like, well, mm-hmm. what does existence even mean? It's right. your relationship to other people. And, and it's things. like you don't exist physically, but do you exist non-physically, yeah. spiritually in this sort of realm that we can't see? Yeah. Yeah. That is fascinating. Because I mean, that's then it's like who cares fascinating. Then? If we lose a body here or there. Yeah. <laughs> if our spirit, like, continues or, like, goes into another body or, like, whatever happens. Yeah. Which seems right. Right? I don't know. 
<laughs> Sometimes I feel like I'm like, oh yeah, like I feel like I, I'm like, oh yeah, I feel like I had a past life where like this happened or something, or I had this misunderstanding. I had yeah. one thing where I was listening to like one of my spiritual teachers talking for some reason, like while I was listening to him, I just had this like flash where I was like, oh, I think that in a past life I did, I lived my whole life trying to reach success. I thought that that's, that was right and that's what I was supposed to do. And then I died and all of my success and things like didn't come with me. Hmm. And I realized in that moment, like, oh, no, I followed, like, a false path. Like, I followed the wrong thing. In a past life? Believing that it was true. Like, Whoa. in my path. Yeah, like, I felt, like, this flash where I was like, oh, yeah, I lived this past life. And then in that moment of, like, dying, I, like, had this awareness where I was like, oh, I followed the wrong path, kind of. Because I had, like, thought success Whoa. was everything. I just got chills. Me too. Wow. And then that kind of, like helps me be like, oh, I see a little bit more now in my own life how six, this idea of success that I've been, like, struggling with and whatever kind of, like, lost some of it. I was like, oh, I've learned that lesson before. Don't mm. follow this. This isn't a real thing to follow, kind of. But then it's like, mm. who knows if, like, I just made that story up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, did I create that sort of, like, story to represent something that I could, like, was trying to learn? Or, like, was it a real past life? Or, like, what does that even mean? Or, like, you know? Yeah. But I guess either way. It was... It does seem like there are things that are part of you that are not fully integrated Mm -hmm. into your everyday experience, Mm -hmm. and sometimes they do. Yeah. And that is hard to explain with the way that we understand things or things seem to understand things Mm -hmm. which is why it's hard to like the idea of like spiritual teachers and things or people who are like people talk about like levels of consciousness and like spirituality and I'm just like you don't know what someone else experiences like someone Mm -hmm. can be so wise and like about something Mm -hmm. and not and they can understand something else intellectually but not really fully integrate it or mm-hmm. it's like who knows we're all just this like mishmash of yeah. understanding kind of yeah. levels of understanding yeah um have you read the book be here now i don't think so wait who's it by ram das no i haven't read it it's really amazing and beautiful I and should read it. like yeah um but and so it talks about like the karmic wheel which I don't really know much about it but Mm -hmm. basically the idea of like you're here to work out your karma and like if you kill yourself you start over right yeah you're not doing your job of existing (laughs) get back to work so like yeah (laughs) you're gonna have to be forced to work that out like you're gonna okay like yeah you just set yourself back a bit yeah that's also kind of partly what I think about, too. Where I'm like, I might as well just get through it. <laughs> right. Right. Like, there's... Your ha- if you have resistance to... Yeah. Existence. Resistance. <laughs> also, it's like, if it sucks so much that you want to die, you might as well just keep going. 
Yeah. And like it better. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like if it's already like that bad, you might as well just like write it out. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure some people have situations that are like so hard. Like I wouldn't even be able to imagine it. It's almost like yeah. being tortured. <laughs> That's like hard to, I'm like, I don't even know how to think about that. Yeah. Physical, more physical violence or physical mm-hmm. problems and things. Pain or extreme poverty or something like that. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all like hard to imagine. Yeah, it is. But then there are some people who are the most resilient. Like, That's true. India is such that. It's. I've just, never been there. Have you been there? Yeah. It's, it's oh, yeah, overwhelming. Yeah. But it, like, makes sense. <laughs> like, it's. What do you mean? It's. Like, a lot of the philosophy makes sense, Mm. and the way that, like, it just is, it's everything, everything. Your senses are turned up. It's the, I don't know how to describe it other than it's everything. You see the extremes. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone has a job, you know, (laughs) like, in the, like, as difficult as it is like to think that like you're born into something like Mm -hmm. but if there's like equal respect for people who are born into things then that's just that's just where they're at you mean like they're born into a certain like a caste system right right there's something to the caste system that like you know your place Mm. I mean there's something huge in me that rebels against that and like women and are traditionally not like, you can't get to heaven unless you have a child who's a boy, is the traditional belief. Yeah. So there's definitely things that are in me scream against it, but then there's also benefits to that system. Yeah. I guess it's all just, like, how do we cope with, like, being alive, like, literally? hmm <laughs> And these are just the thing. Everything that exists right now just what we've chosen historically that has led to this moment. Yeah. Which is, like, so insane. I'm like, wow, this is what we, this is what we all chose. Okay. <laughs> right. This is what every human on, that's ever lived, like, chose everything that's happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're, like, out of the matrix and realize you can get yourself out, yeah. too. And that's when, I guess, we need to, like, imagine a future that, or imagine something that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Something different. Yeah, because it's probably kind of like a mix of just like repeating but changing things a little bit. Change like yes, repeating and rebelling. Russian a doll. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> like having the same experience over, but then like learning a little bit each time and like trying to make a diff- like a change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you end up losing your mind. Yeah, and you can never hear that song again without thinking of. (laughs) Every time that song comes on, I'm like, (gasps) (laughs) yes, yes. It makes me think like, okay, the goal of life is Burning Man. Like, yes, yes. Mm. I'm nervous. But you can live it every day. Like it's just (laughs) an embodiment of that. It's the end of Russian Doll where they're in a parade. Like that's Burning Man. Same thing. 
a parade of crazy people. <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah. The... Uh, I was thinking about this this morning, and I think actually raccoons are maybe part of it, too. Um, so many synapses happened. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. And I can't think of the name of it, but it was... Oh, yeah. It was a, mo- a mobile opera called Hopscotch. Okay. And it was amazing. I've never been to an opera before. Okay. Ryan got us tickets for, like, a preview thing, and it was amazing. They took you in small groups in limos around the city and like the whole city not the whole city the places they drove us were like art installations and scenes and you would have scenes in the car and then there were scenes so there were like opera singers in the car yes like telling the story but it was in like not and it was not in order so you would see like you could read the whole kind of story and it is about order and chaos. Like, mm. the story is, and it's based on a book called Hopscotch. The story is this woman uh, gets into a car accident and meets somebody and falls in love with him. He's on his motorcycle. And so they have this life together. And then he goes, like, he disappears. He just disappears. Like, their life gets difficult. And then she, fall, like, ends up being in love with and being with someone else who she had known previously, kind of. Okay. Not a great plot description, but, <laughs> like, the, it explores ideas of chaos and order, and, like, basically the end of it is all of these stories and scenes coming together in one place from mm-hmm. around the city, and you're all there just watching them, and, like, they're singing this beautiful opera, and it's basically just like, what's the point of all of this? Like, mm-hmm. just to get up and feed the birds and like do the dishes, and like you're there existing with all of these things you've seen as scenes around the city, and mm-hmm. all those people are there, and you're with other people, and it feels so much just like, oh, that's the point. Like, what's just, the point? Just to be just here. Just to be here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that is the point. But we, like, yeah. Yeah. So why are we, like, doing so much extra work? (laughs) It's so true. Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. So did I... Okay. I can talk about this because uh, mushrooms are legal in the Netherlands. Okay. And I went to the Netherlands, Mm -hmm. and I had an incredible psychedelic trip, Mm -hmm. and... I decided that I'm retired. <laughs> like I just had this revelation <laughs> from the trees that I'm retired. I made a video and was just, I put on a dress. I had a different outfit. Like, I, <laughs> I was lounging among the trees like a goddess. I thought that I discovered a new tree, like, type and I checked it out with a scientist friend not really explaining anything but just like oh my god there's this tree I don't it looks so it looks kind of like this but it looks different have you ever heard of it and he was like yeah that's a European birch (laughs) all while I'm emailing and tripping in the forest so okay I don't know what that means I don't know what it means that I'm retired but it it ties into this puzzle project that I did 
oh, I'm like feeling so like <laughs> light and yeah. high right now. Um, but it does. And so, okay. Then <laughs> I was at, I, and then I, like, I've been struggling with that. Like, what does that mean? Can I be retired? I have to make money. That's crazy. How do I do that? Like, I don't, we can't pay our rent. So how can I retire at a time like this? <laughs> it's the wrong time to retire. <laughs> and like, I am building a business. I'm not retired. That's not actually what I want to do or even mean by it. I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. Except I actually do. Like, it means I'm tired from desperation and trying too hard mm. and worry and effort and I keep wanting to fall back into that like Mm -hmm. which I think is like what do you do like I have an answer prepared because like saying I don't know is really scary (laughs) like then you don't know what are you going to do tomorrow I don't know that's so scary Mm -hmm. so I am building a business all these things but like I think being retired means that I'm not going to force it I'm going to trust that things are going to happen, that they already are happening, that there are miracles happening all the time that I don't know about. And that is so scary. You're living. You're just living. You're not working. Yeah, that feels wrong. Working isn't your main thing. You're just alive and you're like doing whatever makes sense. Yeah, that feels so wrong to do that. (laughs) But also feels like that is the only inevitable outcome of any existence. Yeah. That's like... What's the point? Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah, because we put... Because work is everything to everyone. Right. But it's not. It's nothing. It's like barely anything. It's like barely anything at all. It's a small right. thing that we've, like, blown out of proportion. Yes. Yes. I love that. You're tired. Okay, so I'm then, tired. so I'm having this <laughs> week of just, like, oh, i got to push these things and make, go and yeah. do this thing so that thing will happen and yeah. this and that and this. And I had a visitation from Captain Ron. Have you ever seen What's the movie Captain mean? Ron? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jeff and I went to Lacma Jazz, and then we he was like, hey, I have some, like, money to go for sushi. Let's go get, or whatever. Let's go to a bar. Um, so we walked, and I walked by this place that was, like, a diner, and I was like, oh, that place looks interesting. This will be relevant later. <laughs> and it was, like, this really cool diner. I was like, that's interesting. But no, we were, like, on a path to go to this other place, this bar I had been to. Um, the week before, and I was like, it's a cool place, we can walk there. So we go in, we're having fun, drinking a beer, and I went to the bathroom, and then this was on the mirror. It's a sticker. Hmm. <laughs> it's oh my God. from the movie Captain Ron. What, what don't, don't you-, you understand about the word retired <laughs> in quotes? Like, what does that mean? That's okay, crazy. so... I've never seen Captain Ron. Me neither. I didn't know what it was. (laughs) So I watched it. Okay. And it was so good and crazy. So the story is... Okay. Martin Short, who I love as Clifford in the movie Clifford. Okay. Side note. Okay. But Martin (laughs) Short plays this character who's like a stuffy, stodgy... I think he's in advertising or some... some, Something. But he wants to be a screenwriter. Okay. And like the first lines of the movie are like... 
like, yeah, someday and like someday never comes. Like someday I'm going to quit my job and become the screenwriter that I've always wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And so he inherits a boat. Classic screenwriting <laughs> technique. He inherits a boat. Uh, but a boat and that is like connected to my puzzle project. Like that's a huge oh, theme yeah. in there. Sailing. Mm-hmm. And so he inherits a boat. He and his family, he convinces his family to go take it from whatever country it's in up to Florida to sell it. And they get there. The boat needs a lot of work. And they hired Captain Ron (laughs) to captain the ship up. And he's a crazy person. Okay. And he makes them work. And he's like, but he's all like go with the flow kind of person. And he gets them through the storms. And like in the end... I'll spoil alert for you. <laughs> he like empowers Martin Short to like take control of the ship in like the moment he really needs it mm-hmm. in this really high stakes Captain Ron situation. <laughs> and then he kind of like is gone. Like, yeah. And then in the end, Martin Short and his family decide like they're gonna not sell the boat and sail away. Like, and it's the journey, like that right. it's a Beautiful, great, silly, but also amazing (laughs) metaphor story. Uh, And someday, like, someday I'll be your screenwriter when I'm retired. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what's emerging out of me that I'm ignoring too much of the time. Screenwriting specifically, or? Yeah. Yeah. So, but then that also, like, is, comes into conflict with, like, but just, like relax just be like you know it's those two things that are in a constant tension of like achieving a goal serving the art right and wanting just to exist (laughs) I also just like need to say like the image of you right now is like because you just look so like a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> like your headband. I know. And you're like I'm hair. I know, I love it. <laughs> I just love hearing. I'm retired. <laughs> but yeah, I mean I feel like um Yeah. But I mean we can still do things even if we're retired. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing, right? We can still do things. We can still have goals. Like, for for example, like, this podcast. It's so funny. I, I, I've been getting insecure lately that, like, in every episode, I'm like, this podcast. I'm, like, talking about it. It is a podcast. But, I mean, like, I can't, like, not do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like, pulling me where I'm, like, I have to. Like, I'm following, like, a curiosity and following, like, yeah. things that I naturally do. Mm-hmm. I love talking to people. I love recording people. I've always done that. Not on, like you know, in this way necessarily, but, like, I've always, like, I have pages and pages of, like, I would just write down what people say, like, quotes that people say, like, my teachers, I've created, like, documents of just, like, quotes mm-hmm. that my friends say, and then, like, then I started recording people on my phone, recording videos of people, um, my friends, like, the music video that I sent you, just from, like, yeah. years of recording them on my phone, just because I'm, like, I want to, I love this, and I want to capture it. Like, literally. <laughs> Maybe it's not very creative, but, like, it's inspiring to me. And I'm, like, there's something about it. I'm, like, I like this thing that I'm experiencing. I want to share it with everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is. And 
So even though it is like work and I spend a lot of time doing it, it's not like hard in the same way that other things are hard, even if there are difficult things about it, or even if some parts are tedious, or even if like some parts feel too vulnerable, you know, like Mm -hmm. whatever it is, there's like something that just keeps me. So maybe it's just like that. It'll be like that with screenwriting or your puzzle project. Did you make that into a video? Yeah, I just finished it. You did? I haven't shown it to anybody. <gasps> I really want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> no. You don't have to show me right now. I'm conflicted. I, I mean, I do want to show it. I want to get everyone together. Oh, that would be cool. I mean, just invite everyone who yeah. is part of it, at least. But I don't know where to do it. I also don't know if I have everyone's email. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... I like it. It's crazy. That is, that so is cool. the thing that's like, it, I've been working on it for almost three wow. years. And then it's done. And it was just like, I was in so much, enraptured <laughs> in so much joy editing it together. Mm-hmm. I just went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, that was the culmination of it was me in front of my computer, like <laughs> laughing and crying. And then I went to bed. <laughs> And then Jeff was like, today or yesterday, he was like, oh, you finished it? Why didn't you tell me? And I was like, I think I did tell you, but, like, I didn't, I don't know. Yeah, do you want to see it? Like, I'm so excited to show it to people, but I also know that, like, I won't get, like, the reaction will never top the moment of just (laughs) finishing it. (laughs) Because it's for me. (laughs) Yeah. But I do also want it to resonate with people, but I don't yeah. know if it will. Yeah. I guess now it just exists as, as its own thing. Mm-hmm. But you got to have the... I wonder if that's how people feel when they have kids. If, like, the moment of the birth is, like, so happy and then the rest of it... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that part, too. Whatever. When I hear those, like, other joys along the way... <laughs> so funny that's so awesome but I guess that's the feeling of being retired finishing a project that only you care about (laughs) feeling very happy about it (laughs) and then going to bed (laughs) I like it a lot It was like I called you out of the ether. I mean, you did literally text me. (laughs) You sent a message to my phone. It's true. You're like, I summoned you somehow. The energy. You just showed up. and I like never see them. No. <laughs> but then every time we hang out we have like a really like profound conversation. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. In my retirement. Yeah. <laughs> we'll hang out more. Yes. In your retirement. 
Maybe I should say I'm retired too, but I don't feel like I've retired from anything. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's part of it. Maybe I am. I'm retired from yeah, trying to lives. get a job. <laughs> <laughs> from And from my past it's, lives. <laughs> I mean, I think people are mad about it because they're attached to suffering. And I say that true, as a person yeah. who used to be very attached to suffering mm-hmm. and I still find myself in that way. And that's, it's uncomfortable for people to be around people who are happy. <laughs> yeah. And aren't so attached to suffering and victimhood. Like, mm-hmm. people are, I don't know. And, like, I also, again, like, say that not having any, I'm fine. I live in West, I'm very up right. I live in West LA. Like, I don't have, I feel like that's a real privilege to be able to say not getting attached to suffering, but I <laughs> yeah. have also been in spaces in my life and where I know that for me I chose it and could see how I chose it, yeah, and could can try to untangle from that, yeah. But that is my experience, yeah. And I know for me, it's like in maybe trying to be relatable or whatever, like I've made myself suffer when I like totally didn't have you know like I'm sitting here going like I'm totally fine with money like I've been blessed to have like an income that's not related to work for like most of my adult life and yet I can't just enjoy it I have to like make myself feel bad about it Mm. (laughs) so like yeah it's totally anyone can create it create suffering for themselves yeah and then it goes back to like well wherever we are we chose it but now we choose happy retirement and freedom yes This conversation filled me in such a good way. I live for these kinds of conversations, talking about the nature of things and breaking down the silly rules we live by, finding the truth underneath them. I love what we said about people not needing to be fixed. I think this gets to some of my core discomforts about work and productivity. I think that so much of the system we live in is dependent on the idea that people are inherently missing something. We're not beautiful enough or cool enough or professional enough or good enough parents or whatever it is. And in order to fix this made-up problem, we need to buy these goods that have been invented for the sole purpose of creating profit and moving money in a particular direction. Not only is it unnecessary, it's often harmful to the planet using all of these resources and to the people who become convinced they're never whole without this new, shinier, better product. Even, even many services are framed in the message that the client isn't enough without it. Because if everyone was just fine, they wouldn't need to constantly buy things to make themselves better, and our economy wouldn't exist as it does. The reliance on profit also makes us more concerned with the product than the process of creating the product, because we want everything to be faster and easier and more efficient. But there's so much value in the doing of things, in the participation, in getting our hands dirty, that it feels like we're missing something when we remove ourselves from that because it's too slow and machines are faster or because we're so focused on things that are less immediate to our survival. Don't get me wrong, I love modern comforts and luxuries. And of course, there are a lot of things in my life that make my life significantly better and easier and more comfortable and more fun. 
But I think it's important to distinguish between those things that actually improve quality of life and those things that are excessive and destructive. It's important to both consume and produce mindfully rather than mindlessly and to know our end game, to know what our values are. 